You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your top-down, wind-in-your-hair, Saturday morning automotive thrill ride. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but right now, love us on Zoomer Radio. Happy Saturday morning. You know, I'm looking down at all my electrical notes here, you know, (laughs) thinking that, oh yeah, we still have ice machines in our cars. Ice machines, yes. Really, you do? Internal combustion Internal gas, engines. Combustion. Ah. Gas. Sorry, my brain keeps thinking like you. You know, <laughs> what, what, what's an ice maker got to do with my car? Air, air conditioning? No. Internal combustion. Yes, I like those. Yes, they work well. They yeah. make lots of noise. But but even even electric cars. Christine is in yes. the studio today. We got Indeed. Christine Legowski, who's an automotive uh, journalist and car tester too, right? Well, I, I, I do like to drive them. I don't know that I would call it testing. Um, okay, but you but do test the throttle. I do test the throttle, yes, and I do. And can you make the tires squeal like that? Well, it, you know what? I've been known to. There you go. Shh, don't tell it, please. No, no, no <laughs> that, that, I think that's an automatic stunt driving charge. I think so, yeah. yes. Yeah. They probably have a, a, a noisemaker under the hood to make it sound like your tires are squealing. That's a great idea. Not, I know. like that oh, idea. Oh, they can do anything these days. Those computer chips, my goodness. As long as they're the A chips and not the, you know. Not the, not the <laughs> ones being manufactured by some teenager in his mother's basement. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us on the show today will be Kevin Lisso from Enter Savings. And that's that's a, that's a, an interesting thing. He I'm helps, very interested in talking yeah, to him, yeah. Yeah, the company, the company helps... Um, uh, provide electrical vehicle charging in different mm-hmm. locations. It's a it's a interesting thing. So he's going to tell us more about that. Quick story: I had a customer put a deposit down on a Tesla, um, and then not without realizing that he wasn't going to be able to charge it because oh, no. there was no way to do it in his uh, in his condo. Right, and he lost his deposit on the car. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, ouch! Yeah. Yep. So things to consider. Yes. Some, something to think about. You know, talk talk to your your friendly neighborhood automotive experts before you buy a car. That's why we're here. Exactly. Exactly. And, and propulsion makes no difference, eh? To, well, you know, I, I'm thinking about changing things on my my YouTube channel, right? And and it, it's all about you know the the joy of driving. To me, that's you know, I just love driving. I don't care what the car is. I don't care. I think that's how a it's great powered. idea. Yeah, and and whether whether it's fun to drive or not, and uh, I, I'm fortunate to be able to drive lots of things that are really enjoyable. And it doesn't matter whether it's a three row SUV or a hybrid; they they all can be fun. And, yes. Oh, or or even an EV. And I drove uh, that that Genesis GV7. We talked about it last week. That was one of the best EVs really? I've driven in a long yes. time because it looks like a regular car, but it's pure EV. It handles exceptionally well. It's got all the benefits of a normal car and all the benefits of an EV. 
I, I, I thought it was yeah, great. Yeah, that's and that's what you want. Mm-hmm. I, I I just saw on the in the interweb they did um, a whole thing for journalists in Detroit. As a matter of fact, an e, an EV drive. Oh, oh, probably they do that, do that all the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. And 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 it was we cool. came back with so many people going, "Wow, that was a lot of fun." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people who you know and really obviously heard about electric cars, but had no desire. Mm-hmm. They finally got their butt behind the wheel, mm-hmm. and they went, "This car's pretty cool." Yeah, a lot of them are. The, the I had uh, an AMG electric in California a little while ago. Ooh, that was nice. incredible. So obviously very fast, but it handled very very well. Beautiful, beautiful car. There's so much fun because all that torque, and you 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 step on the accelerator, and boom, off off you go, and it's like G forces, man. You just yeah, it feels every car feels like a sports car. However, there is a problem. <laughs> there, there's always a problem. Al. The problem is that we can talk about microchips or whatever other reason, but there's a lack of product right now, and uh, we're seeing some bad things happen in the automotive sales end of things. Right? Yeah, there's there's the murky side of of car shopping, as I as I as I call it. Yes, you have this real shortage of inventory that's caused by a number of factors including this you know semiconductor chip shortage and geopolitical events like the war in between Russia and Ukraine and um, some and to people, find out more about that yes. stuff, hang on, you can't give the whole story right okay, now. Okay, sorry. We've got to take a break, okay? We've got to jump out of here and pay some bills. I know I got her rolling, and she said, okay, is it my turn? Oh, I went, no, not thought. quite yet. That's, that, that's the tease. Come on, you're not a tease. Okay, well, sort of. All give right. us a little wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, Come on. nudge, 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 right. nudge, wink, wink. There you go. Oh, we're on TV now. I better keep it clean. I know. I all can't... right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're rocking and rolling here on a Saturday morning. Got Brian Max. We got Christine Legowski, and we're having a blast. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman from Glen Allen Motors and Christina Legowski. We're going to talk a little EVs and other things. And uh, I, I learned another thing What's this that? week. Well, uh, I'm dealing with Mercedes with our race cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned a little bit about more German driving laws, traffic laws, all kinds of crazy laws. I've got an interesting law. Did you know that cats, uh, cats can't drive boats in Germany? <laughs> cat, cat. Cats, cats okay. can't drive boats in Germany. And do you know why? No, why? It's for boating. Oh. oh. I wish I had my drum kit here. I'd be doing a bunch. <laughs> I'll have to tell my cats that when I go home, that they can't drive a boat because it, they're... Well, in Germany. It's okay in Germany. here. Okay, yeah. actually, they can here. Okay, that's good. I'm relieved. I'm sure I'm sure they will be, too. I often see you know, you know dogs sticking their head out on the driver's side, and I'm going, what are you doing? He's not driving, though, but he's in the oh. driver's lap. Oh, that's bad. Is yeah. There, there must be video or picture somewhere of an airbag going off, and unfortunately, doing damage, eh? Yeah, that's so bad. And I see it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not naming names, but I have a neighbor that does that. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, so if you're in the market for a car, you may find out that it's uh, murky waters out there. What's going that's on? That's right, right. So I wrote an article for the Globe and Mail um, about, you know, this fellow, this gentleman in Burlington, who uh, he had his car totaled by a drunk driver. It was well, it was parked. Thank goodness no one was hurt. And, you know, so he had to replace it. And because he had it insured for full replacement value, checked on the Kia Canada website, saw that it was $54,000, went to Leggett Kia Burlington, which was, you know, very close to him because they had the exact car that he needed. And, um, you know, they told him 
that uh, it was $64,995. So that's $11,000 over MSRP, manufacturer's suggested retail price. And he was shocked because, you know, like, how did that happen? And uh, they told him it's a market adjustment price and that that's just the way it is. And if he wanted the car, that's what he would have to pay. Now, because there was such a shortage, he was really stuck. The dealer knew that he had no car and that he was getting an insurance payout. And they really, really, really took advantage of him. And uh, and this is happening. It's not just an isolated case. This is happening in a lot where where you go shopping for a car and you're being told that, well, it's going to be, you know, $5,000 above what the manufacturer's website says it is because it's a market adjustment price because cars are in such short supply. I guess, you know, our, our, our whole life in our mental thoughts are, you know, the manufacturer can advertise a price and especially if we watch Walmart ads, you know, there's a big X through it, you know, yes. and it's like, oh no, this week our price is blah, blah, blah. So you're always used to it being less than. But, yes, that's the way it's been. But in now it's not. Now it's it's sort of gone the other way because, uh, you know, again, there's this, there's this shortage of inventory. So if you want a car, um, you know, now is you know, maybe not the best time to be buying a car unless you really need one. So are there rules? There are rules. and uh, But this particular, in the Motor Vehicle Dealers Act, mm-hmm. there is no actual terminology, no actual wording that says a dealer shall not sell above MSRP. That for sure. So it's not, you can't say that it's illegal. I say it's not kosher, but, you know, um, that's me. And... Uh, uh, I really think it's unfair, and it, even though it does not contravene technically the Motor Vehicle Dealer Sales Act, it does sort of breach what uh, they have, the Code of Ethics. Maybe, and Maybe we should just back up for one second, because yes. we, we constantly hear ads about, you know, take a picture of the ad from Omvic, bring yes. it into the dealership to prove that this is what it was advertised for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why is there two different rules there? Well, what's happening is that the dealers are not actually advertising this marked up price okay they very rarely actually will uh advertise a price from what i've seen and now now by the rules though if the dealer advertises that price that's correct that should be that should be the price that you pay yes so they're skirting that that rule by not advertising an actual price. price yes and and you know and unfortunately uh there's another thing that's going on this that's called tied selling where you may have you feel that, you know, and this is the other part of the story that I wrote for the Globe and Mail, where a gentleman uh, was buying a, a, a BRZ and was told that the price was going to include, he was surprised he came back to pay for the car and there was an extra like $1,300, $1,300. And he was told this was like for a warranty and that was not optional. He had to buy the warranty. And this is also happening out there. And in, in, in addition to the market adjustment is this tight selling where you have to pay for extras that the dealer has added that you're not going to see on the manufacturer's website. I think they call it tight because they're cleaning you right out of <laughs> That's, everything. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a unfortunate situation. And, you know, how do you prepare yourself for that? Because you go out and you plan, you budget for your car, you go to your bank, you do, you know, all your, you know, estimating that, you know, this is going to, what it's going to cost you based on the manufacturer's, you know, MSRP. And then you're being told that that's not the case. It's going to cost you even more. Yeah. And you really have to do your research with, with dealers. Like, you know, for us sort of being involved in the car business, I have, I have a few friends in the car business that I do trust even in this market. Yes. And I'll send 
a friend to those people because I know they're going to be treated ethically. They're still going to ah, pay okay. over, but they're going to be treated ethically. So they're, they're going to, the car will be loaded up with all the accessories, but they're upfront about it. Right. And, you know, the thing is that it, they're a business. This is the market. And, you know, if somebody wants to try and find a better deal, it's not going to happen. They'll probably get treated worse somewhere else. Yes. And I mean, I don't begrudge anyone. You know, this is this is the reality that we all have to make a living. We all have to make a profit. But I'm just, you know, uh, what I don't like is the fact that people are being taken advantage of and people, the you know, the the, the folks selling, selling the cars are not acting. I, be, I don't believe they're being professional and honest. And, you know, it's sort of, and that is a breach of the code of ethics in this, the in the Motor Vehicle Dealer Act. This tide selling that you're talking about just mm-hmm. sounds absolutely crazy. I, I don't know. I, I can imagine the fights and beefs that must go on, you know, at, oh. at, at the last minute. Seriously. Yes. Yeah, and some people. Like they've already got a license. They've got your plates on the car and said, oh, by the way, you owe us another $1,500. That'd be right. like. F you. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, and, they, and they'll tell you, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Wow. Well, how are you supposed to do that if, you know, if you, you haven't want got a, car? a car? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 All right, we're going to be back after this break with some more exciting things to talk about, about the car industry. And um, thought it was bad before? Ooh, it's getting uglier. Oh, dear. Yeah. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman from Glen Allen Motors and Christina Legowski, another car writer, tester, all that stuff. <sighs> Found some uh, interesting news. We, it's not affecting Canadian customers because our, our cars are different than the U.S., but I think on the, it's on the news, it's certainly on social media, that uh, a lot of Kias and Hyundais over the last few years have been getting stolen. And, you know, on social media, they show you how to steal these cars. And then in a lot of cases, it was really just a college prank. It wasn't... Yeah. They, they weren't actually keeping the cars. No, yeah, no, no. just they, for fun. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's so easy to do. And Kia and Hyundai have done the right thing. They've addressed this. They've reached out to all their customers. They have solutions. But of course, politicians get involved. Uh-oh. And Oh, yes. And here, oh, no. here we are. So on, on Thursday, the, uh, the, the genius uh, that is the mayor of Baltimore uh, issued a press release and he's joining a couple of other um, crazy city mayors and suing <laughs> Kia and Hyundai oh my for, God. for selling perfectly perfectly legal cars, perfectly legal cars, and not doing their own jobs as leaders in their own cities and curbing car theft. No kidding. For oh real. my God. Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. Now keep in mind, again, Canadian cars are not affected at all because we have uh, we have immobilizers regulated. Um, oh, so in, this in Canada. so this, it's immobilizer related, yeah. Yeah, so this is not a problem in Canada. Your Hyundai and or Kia in Canada is safe. Can't be can't be easily stolen. Oh, like that's this. such a relief. And and it seems like it's all the base models. Like it's when when people are buying the cheapest cheapest car possible, yes. they they're getting these or they'd purchase these trim levels of Kias and Hyundais that didn't have immobilizers. Well, that would be people like me. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what I always go for. But years ago, we used to see Dodges, you know, towed in all the time because the, the, the ignition lock, of course, was metal, but the housing was plastic, so all you had to do was whack it with a hammer, <laughs> and then the whole thing would fall out, and then you just needed a screwdriver to, to turn it, and, and away you go. That, that is, wow. That, that is right in line with the uh, term dodgy. The <laughs> oh, oh, oh. There's another... Got his uh, dad the dad hat on today, eh? Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got I got that Chat GPT feeding me the dad jokes all the time. 
Yeah, let's make it cheap and cheerful, you know. And yeah. if something happens, we'll figure it out after. Yeah, but you know, th- th- you know, thankfully we 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 have immobilizers here on everything. It's right. So yeah, Canadians don't have to worry. But uh, uh, you know, they've they've dealt with this. But uh, you know, anytime politicians get involved, it's going to go badly. But yeah. uh, thankfully, they did catch a bunch of guys, and they they found five hundred cars apparently two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean that's that's another. I mean, yeah, we've talked about car theft in in the city, and certainly where where I live. You know, people have got, you know, two, three million dollar houses, no garages, and they park their Range Rovers, and Range Rovers are relatively easily oh, stolen. Yeah. So they disappear from my neighborhood all the time, along with Lexus as well. My, yeah, uh, I, my, I, wa- I, my watch guy lost his Lexus out of his driveway. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a customer lose wow. his Highlander, and um, but he called me. He was so suspect because he was in for service the day before. Yeah. And he honestly thought that somebody from the dealer maybe came back and stole his car. So I said, I don't really think so. He said, I don't know. It smells fishy to me. Uh, So, Al, you got a a little side business there going on? Something we should know about? Yeah. Making extra keys, you know. Side hustle. Maybe maybe we don't want to know about this. I don't want to be an accomplice. I'm amazed how bold people will get. I remember years ago, and we mentioned Carl Compton this morning because he used to be the registrar of OMBIC. And in my neighborhood, which apparently is a hotbed, <laughs> okay, for all kinds of skullduggery, whether it's fixing wrecked cars or, you know, uh, reventing cars, it, it goes on in my neighborhood. It's not my fault. I'm not one of the guys. I was okay? going to say. But, I was but there's say. lots of them. And Carl said, if I could set off a bomb in your neighborhood, it would end 90% of my call complaints, you know. And, oh. you know but not about you, Al. It's okay. <laughs> but, but I had to send him one day because, sure enough, on the, uh, at, the, at the corner of the intersection was on a lamp standard was a sign that said all um <laughs> odometer repair <laughs> you know yeah yeah, I yeah, yeah. what that means what is that supposed to mean yeah 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 the guy was advertising we'll come to you you know cheap prices well that was for redoing like turning back people's odometers and I went, which is very illegal how big cojones has this guy got you know he's going to advertise that he wow. does this yeah mm-hmm. and did you take that sign down alan i know no, i took did. a picture of it and sent it to carl oh did you okay i did i did this is carl <laughs> check this out i i couldn't believe it i honestly couldn't and 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 then somehow, I don't know who took it down, but two days later, the sign was gone. Isn't that mysterious? I was very happy. I'll bet you were. I went, how could they do that? These guys, seriously, eh? What chutzpah? Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the time is 1026, and we got to jump out quickly. And um, when we come back, we're going to have Kevin Liso on the phone. He is from Entersavings.com, a company that's going to help you if you're a building owner or uh, I mean it'll give you some information if you're thinking about electric cars or building a building that will be housing electric cars I guess awesome we'll be right back Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman from Glen Allen Motors and Christina Legowski and joining us on the phone is Kevin Lissa from Enter Savings. Good morning Kevin. Good morning. All right, so you got a company that helps people, you know, people who are either, you know, want to retrofit their condo um, or going to build a new one. Lots of things they need to know if they're going to be putting electric cars in there, correct? Yeah, correct. We're actually, we're, we, we look after both residential and commercial industrial uh, users for EV cars. And uh, we deal with a lot of car dealerships as well. So when you go and you buy your actual EV car, uh, the car dealerships offer, we call it our subscribe and drive program. So they actually organize a charger for you, too, right when you buy the car, right from your the car dealership. So, yeah, we, we look after residential, 
um, commercial, industrial. But uh, you know, one of the challenges has been in the in the industry is how to electrify and and get condominiums set up for EV charging mm-hmm. because. You know, when you're sitting at home, you can just put a charger in your garage. You come home at night, you plug it in, and get up in the morning, you unplug it. It's like having your own gas station at home, right? right. So when you get into a condominium, you run into all kinds of different issues. So you've got, let's say you had 200 parking stalls or 200 residents in a building. And, you know, right now our EV adoption rate is still down under nine uh, under 9% here in Ontario anyway. Um, but, you know, so if you have uh, out of 200 people that are looking to get out and buy a new vehicle and you've only got five of them that say, I want an EV, well, it's pretty hard to, and it's challenging to have the condominium board come up with that kind of money to electrify all these different spots because a lot of people say, well, I don't want an EV or I'm not going to get one for five years, so why am I have to pay for this? And so there's all kinds of obstacles and issues to get around when it comes to condominium. So one thing is affordability. Number two is a lot of these condominiums were built 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, and they weren't built with EV in mind. And so there's there's capacity issues. So if you have 200 spots and your electrical system can only, you know, electrify 50 of those 200 spots, well, what do you do about the other 150? Do you just give them the first come, first serve, and then, you know, the rest of you guys are, you know, you're out of luck? Um, or, you know, you most likely what's going to happen is the, the, the condominium corporation needs to upgrade their electrical facility. And then you get into three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 to increase your capacity and bring proper lines in from the grid and, and upgrade all of your equipment, and it gets extremely costly. So when you get into something like that, you've got to start talking about energy management. So when we go into a condominium building, there there is options here, and, and one of them is you need to understand energy management. You need to understand, you know, for example, if you look at an electrical panel and you see 100 breakers on an electrical panel, but maybe out of those 100 breakers, only 20 of them are actually using power at any given time. Mm-hmm. For example, if, you know, in a condominium building, uh, eight months a year, seven months a year, the chiller in the cooling tower, which sucks a lot of power, they're not running in the winter months, right? So, right. you know, you're in a position where if you can manage that power and you've got a, I'm going to call it a, a brain, we call it our EMS Unical Management System, and what it basically does is it it talks to your building's electrical system and says, "Okay, well, I got 300 amps here; it's not being used, and I got 200 amps being here." So you can get around these issues by circuit sharing EMS to a point where you can electrify a 25-year-old building and get all 200 spots in. But it's been challenging to come up with those. You know, those, these examples I'm giving you is, is, is coming up with solutions to these problems. So, um, and, and I think the biggest thing in the industry right now is there's this huge anxiety about people worrying about, you know, their car running out of power and, mm-hmm. and being stuck on the side of the road. And, and these, these are all fallacies, to be quite honest with you. If you 
understand what's happening out there in the charging world. There is chargers on all the on routes on the 400 series highways. There's an app now that when you're driving, you can just plug it in and please tell me where the closest EV fast charger is. Walmart's, Canadian Tires, Costco's, everybody's putting them in, um, you know, because you can literally charge a, a car now in under 30 minutes, about 26 minutes. You can fully charge a car. So, you know, the accessibility is getting better and better. And, and quite honestly, when you come home at nighttime and you plug your car in and you get up in the morning and you've got 450 or 500 kilometer charge and you're just running around the city, you're not, you're not using, you're not going to run out of, out of, out of a charge. It's, that's more of an anxiety issue. It's getting better and better every day. So The reality is that you don't actually need to charge your car every single night. Most, most cars now have enough range that they can go for a couple of days without charging. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, question. You know, we're down here in Liberty Village, which was, you know, back from the 1800s, a lot of the buildings here. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the, the municipality or the city itself, you know, who provided power to the buildings, um, you know, they were expecting that your, your whole service was going to be 35 amps. Um, yeah. If you put up a condo and you, and you need to run all new lines, does the city or the municipality pay for that or they charge you to do that? Well, so, and, and this is the issue with Ontario, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Some, some other provinces have have jumped on the bandwagon years ago. Like, for example, in Vancouver, just got back from there. We also have an office in Vancouver, and and I can tell you that they are light years ahead of us. Um, their rebate programs, mm-hmm. yes, the provincial they government, they, they literally pay for uh, uh, up to 50%, not just of the charger, but of the actual infrastructure costs as well. And then there's federal programs offered by Enercan and ZVIP, that you can literally yes. piggyback that as well. And you can get like 70% of the entire project cost covered. Do you, is that Ontario, something that you're, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, just here in Ontario, they, they're just lagging like Quebec and Vancouver and even the Eastern provinces have all caught on. And it's just, we don't have anything here yet. So, but carry on. Hey, I was going to ask you, does your company, um, does your company help, these condominiums and these buildings um, access some of this federal funding? Yeah, that kind of is what sets us apart from some of our competition is that um, we've we've got teams of people that that's all they do is rebates. And we basically um, handle everything. We're a full turnkey operation that we come in and we do the rebates, whether it be provincially, federally. Even a lot of municipalities have you know they're not large, but three to fifteen thousand dollar perks where they'll they'll give a piece as well. So yes, we handle all of that for our clients, and and then and there's because there's these tar, uh, carbon tax credits that we all know mm. came out. We're paying for it in our gasoline and many other things. We don't even know we're paying for it, but the federal government says every dollar I collect, and it's literally hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars a year is being put back out in green energy programs. So there's like the climate action incentive fund case, there's mush, there's, there's different programs coming out literally every quarter. So I didn't realize there were so many programs. That's fantastic. 
Oh yeah, there and there there's new ones coming out every quarter. So you you really got to be at the top of the learning curve and you, you got to be on top of this to cuz they don't really do a very good job advertising them. They just take a pool of money and say first come first serve here's 70 million dollars for the province of Ontario. Here's what you need to use this for. Uh, for example, there's a program coming out right now that's being being offered up by the Ministry of Transportation, and it's geared towards smaller communities where, you know, populations under 60,000 mm-hmm. who, you know, usually can't play in these larger scale um, rebates that are out there. They're designed to electrify smaller communities and you know, where the green P parking signs are now, you're going to see electrified parking signs. And oh, yes. You'll see in live. There's one of those right near me. Centers. Yeah. So it's it, there's programs happening everywhere right now, and you're just going to see that it, it'll be, you know, it, it will be every quarter we see just, just it's it's doubling basically the amount of electrification like literally every quarter so it's getting better and better and better and they have to do it if you mandate a program that 2035 there is no electric vehicles being imported or manufactured in this country we need to be ready for it right so they're doing a pretty good job yeah i think you got it backwards there no no gasoline cars coming into the country that's correct. Ice, ice vehicles, yes. Sir. Really? And I'm concerned about this mush program. Is that where you unplug my freezer so you can get more juice for the car and then my ice cream goes soft? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's the mush right the there. Municipalities, but yes, no, it isn't. Uh, all right, people want to find out more about the company. How do they get in touch with you? Well, they can check us out on the inter- uh, on, on the uh, Google us or uh, go on our website. and mm-hmm. um, we, we give... Uh, free estimates. We come out and look at your buildings, and um, as I said, you'll start notice seeing us in all the different car dealerships where we offer a subscribe and drive. So you go in and it's kind of a one-stop shop. You buy your car, you get your charger. We set it up at your house or your condominium or your business. So um, yeah, we're we're all right. We're you got all the answers. You need to keep my ice cream hard. I'm happy. Entersavings.com. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Not a problem. You guys have a great weekend. All right. You too, my friend. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman from Glen Allen Motors and Christina Legowski. We're talking EVs again. And a mm-hmm. couple, couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, I had that F one fifty Lightning, the all electric F one fifty. And for the first time ever, I've been a big advocate for you know living a normal life with an EV, and mm-hmm. I take them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. First time ever, I got stuck, uh, and I had to make a decision: do I try to find another charger that I don't know? Or head back home because I, uh, I was heading to a certain area and I knew where the two level three chargers were and that's why I went out in that direction. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go see some friends. The car, the truck was near dead anyway. There's Uh-oh. very little charge left. And I'm at level three, I, I'll just hang out for ten minutes and I'll be good. I'll, I'll make it back home, no problem. And I get to the the, the one that I like to use, not working. I oh, get no. to yes, I get to the other one that I know and all the chargers are full. Yes. So I have just enough charge to make it back home. And instead of going to see friends, I turned around and went home. The question is, oh. it like you pull up to a gas station and, and, and it's got a sign on that pump that says, 
you know, dead, whatever. Right. But you can just go move your car 10 feet and, and use the next one. Are the, the charging mm-hmm. systems like that where they're bad, like just move away or you got to go to the whole location is down? In, in that instance, there were, I think it was two or three chargers. And, and they, they were all they gone? Were, they were done. Um, I've, I've had all kinds of experiences where the, you know, the charger is working and it doesn't like the connection to the car. I've had right. that before, which is no fun. But I mean, a problem the, with the physical plug? I have no idea. It doesn't tell you what's, yes, what's up. Yes, sometimes it's just a software thing or Gremlins. Yeah, and, gremlins. and you know the the app, you know, may or may not work or whatever the case is. And the app will tell you that the the charger is available, but maybe it's actually not functioning. I've had all kinds of so crazy you just unplug it, like spit three times, plug it back in, and then <laughs> that, that hasn't worked either. <laughs> okay. On the other hand, I will say that the 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 the, the because our infrastructure. Um, at the you know the the high speed level three infrastructure in Ontario is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had I've had great luck with Ivy and and we've had them on the on the show. They're mm-hmm. at, they're at uh, um, uh, oh, the on routes yes. and they've other than the cable not being long enough <laughs> in their design, um, they oh, yes. they were great and they charge at at high rates. So you know when I'm when I plan road trips, I'll I'll plan to go to Ivy and I know it's a reliable solution. Haven't had any problems, but sometimes it, it does happen. It's true, uh, and it's funny you should mention that about the cable because I had that with uh, with a, with a vehicle that I had, and I had and I and I thought, well, really, you know, and, and I thought if I back, but if I back in, that that's not going to help because then I have to go all the way around the car, and I just barely was it, and I'm not, a, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not a strong person, I'm not a little person, and I wonder how you know people, you know, how often that happens that the cable just is not long enough. It's like another thing they have to think about. I've watched enough videos where people pull into the gas station on the wrong side, eh? And they try oh. to make the hose oh. go over yeah. the car. <laughs> yes. same, yeah. same kind of thing, same, I guess. Same thing, but in, in, uh, in Ivy's original design, their, their charging cables aren't quite long enough. They, they acknowledge it. I think the, the newer installs are, are, uh, are pretty good, and they're, they're updating their, their and, and uh, you guys, chargers. You guys drive electric cars all the time. I've only seen a few. The, the Where you fill it up. Uh, or where you plug it in? Yes. Is it always in the front? Is it always in the back? It's, is it always on a certain side? It's all over the place. Okay. And some cars have chargers on both sides of the car. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I drove uh, that Audi RS e-tron GT. It's four-door. Um, I, I love the car. Very enjoyable to drive. And it has charge ports on both sides. Right. Right. And I mean, that's that's a good solution. Um but you know, like there are so many things to consider with the with the public charging infrastructure, and I think they're getting better. Actually, I really like Ivy because they 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 do send you updates and bulletins and stuff, and they tell you, okay, well these are going to be down. We understand these aren't you know working very well, so we're going to not charge you as much. You know, we're not going to charge you at all. You know, while we're getting this problem corrected. So really? I think, uh, uh, yeah, you know, a really key thing for these um, networks is is I think just better communication. Better communication with their users and um, knowing which ones of their chargers are down so they can actually send somebody out there to fix it because, you know, it's not always just a software issue. It could be a hardware issue. It could be that there's like, you know, a wasp's nest or something there that, you know, I'm, anything can happen or a snowbank that you just can't get around. I don't know. It just ain't working. Exactly. <laughs> There's yeah. that too. And yeah. I, I think that's going to be the solution is is these bigger charging networks are mm-hmm. are are going to be known to be reliable and mm-hmm. I think I think EV drivers will end up gravitating towards those those larger charging networks. Yes, and I mean you have in the in the US there's an organization called Charger Help and they work with uh, I believe they work with Flow. And that's that's all she does is uh, they have teams and they go out and they service uh downed 
chargers. And it's not, they're not just relying on the software. They actually physically send somebody out there to fix it. Because sometimes that's just what you have to do. Well, you know, that takes you back to the fact that, well, I'm going to get an electric car, but it's going to be just my commuter car. But, you know, we'll use the wife's gas car when we want to go on a trip. Yeah, and right now that's, that. yeah, that's pretty smart. Yeah. A lot of people are doing that or they're opting for plug-in hybrids, you know. And, um, of course, you know, anyone who's looking to buy a plug-in hybrid, they're sort of far and few between right now. A question, oh. but on a plug-in hybrid, though, um, if you want to go just electric, because I was in a Toyota and it said you want to go that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the life, you, you ha, it won't go far. No, it won't go far, no. Uh, well, it, de- it depends on the, on the, basically on the size of the battery. Right. Oh, so, that's, true, that's true, too. Yeah, yeah. So the plug-in hybrids tend to have a larger battery than a regular uh, hybrid. But what, what that means is you're relying on the power of the electric motor to drive on EV. So, for example, uh, a few weeks ago, I tested the Range Rover Sport plug-in hybrid. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, you, you look at the numbers and you look at this whole recipe of this car, all mm-hmm. the specs. And you think, oh, this isn't going to work really well. And in fact, it did. It's got a decent-sized battery. And uh, I think I was getting roughly 60 kilometers on, uh, of range oh, on, on the battery. Okay. And this thing is, is 6,000 pounds. But I, it, I thought they're so heavy. They're the, so heavy. It, and it was it was a lovely thing. It's probably not my choice of the Range Rover Sport. I want to drive the one with the big V8. But um, as a plug-in hybrid, extremely efficient. And, you know, for day-to-day driving, I was driving it around on EV only. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's just so much. It's just so nice having driving that, that EV driving experience. I compare it to, like, it's very zen because, you know, there's no noise. And you've got that, that fast acceleration. And it's it really is. It's a whole different driving experience. I find that it I weird that they make it. I find weird is the sound that these things make. I don't know how they come up with it. Like, what's it supposed to be mimicking? Well, they some some of the high end car makers actually hire composers, like well known composers. That's to, to, that's insane. To, yeah, to design the sound. The um, the I mean, sa- to, to put out a single note. No, they it, it, or, it's, or gen, no. it make, generates well, a whole tune. It's all well. It's not quite a tune. There's not. I, it, I don't think there are different notes, but it, it uh, certainly changes pitch with uh, speed and the amount of acceleration but, you're asking for. Yeah, but you see, like that's what I like about the electric vehicles is that you don't have that, and it's a, it's a whole different headspace. Wow. Right? To each his own, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we Mozart take a break. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, you can hear that music. That was written by somebody probably back in the 60s as opposed to somebody now from Electric Car. Is that but, you on the drums there? Uh, I could, but not this one. Okay. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman and Christina Legowski. And, of course, don't forget to visit us on social media, Facebook, Dave's Corner Garage, Instagram, Dave's Corner Garage 1, mm-hmm. 1, because, you know, don't, don't forget the 1. And uh, we have a new YouTube channel, which is Dave's Corner Garage. So all our shows end up on, uh, on YouTube. I feel Excellent. too much pressure to shave now. You know, I before I never had to consider my outfit to come to the radio show, you know? Now you have to be groomed. And I was always told I had a face for radio, and now it's all changed, <laughs> right? That's, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. So if you, if you want to see what they mean by having a face for radio, check out our YouTube channel. <laughs> and you were up at the track yesterday. Yeah. And uh, they're off. Somebody, you know, we're always telling people, our friend Sean and, and of course, uh, 
Carrie's always saying, take it to the track. Yes. So you said you saw somebody's streetcar at the track, but apparently there was a problem. Yeah, yeah. A fellow, uh, a fellow ended up going off the track in his road car that was, you know, plated that he drives uh, around daily, uh-huh. and uh, unfortunately went off it, it, and hit the tire wall and kind of wrecked the car a little bit. Nice. Airbags and, go off, I guess. Yeah, the, yeah. You could see all the, <laughs> all the airbags <laughs> oh. went off. And uh, th- I was at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, which is a very, very fast circuit. So mm-hmm. when when you go off there and you hit something there. As I have done, right? Um, it's it generally is at high speed. Uh, wow! Yeah. So was the car totaled? No, I think I, it looks kind of repairable. I, you know, who knows? They may write it off, whatever. But no. somebody will rebuild that car for sure. So it wasn't a rollover Beethoven kind of thing. No, but okay. I, I've done the roll. I've done the rollover. I've <laughs> yeah. hit the tire wall. Yeah. Uh, I've I uh, I have a chipped tooth from a crash at at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. I've kind of done it all. Well, when people want to go out there, I mean, let's say they they want to heed the warning or the advice from our officers that say don't ride on the street mm-hmm. um how do you do that like can you just call a track and say can i come up yeah it's well it's almost that easy okay so oh. generally every week mm. they will have some kind of track day that is available to the public and mm-hmm. and uh, i was visiting our friends uh, from drive tech we've right. had them on the show and it was one of their days and mm-hmm. uh, you, you you pay the fee and they have uh instruction available and they have a they have a system where you start working with an instructor, and then eventually you can drive by yourself. They oh, that's have so cool! Run groups and that sort of thing. Most sport is definitely, or Canadian Tire Motorsport Park is is a little bit more expensive. It's a big facility. It's a big boy track. It's not to be uh, trifled with. But uh, Toronto Motorsport Park, for example, which is near Cayuga, mm-hmm. is very simple, very very cost effective. I always recommend instruction instruction and coaching because that is what I do. You can't really do this on your own. It's not like driving on the street, but it's very cost effective just to get your feet wet and uh, mm-hmm. and do some laps out there. So, so it's less money for someone to tell you how to take that corner as opposed to you hitting the guardrail. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> way m- cheaper, much more cost effective to have instruction than to learn the hard way. Right, because just the toe alone uh, to get it home. Right. Oh, well, and and you're probably not going to have insurance coverage either. So do people listen? Do, do people listen when you tell them that? Um, I, I tend to work with people who are, are genuinely interested. Okay, okay. Um, in certain situations where it's a more of a casual thing, it's very difficult to teach gentlemen because the ego gets in the way. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Well, people should listen. That, well, that's I, I'm a yeah. big advocate for that, and uh, and in fact, on on my channel, I've got lots of instruction about different driving things. Oh, that, that's good. That that comes from racing, like seating position and and mm-hmm. uh, manual shifting. So all those lessons are it's, are out there. It's more complicated than it looks, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. Pe- most people don't know how to sit properly behind the wheel. So I spend a lot of time. How uh, should you sit? How should you sit? Ah, uh, that's a that's a long conversation. Is it a long we, conversation? Yeah, okay, we'll have to do that in another show. Okay, uh, up straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kinda. Very yeah. simple. Not, not. What do they call it when they do? They like that. That is the gangster lean. Gangster lean. Oh, okay, yes. Okay, okay. yes, I, I so do. So you don't it. get shot. I, yeah. So your head is by the doorpost. Yeah. So you hide, you hide yourself behind the B pillar. But I, I always say, if you're doing the gangster lean, you've got other problems to worry about. All right, I want to thank Christina for coming down. You got an article you're working on now? I do. I'm I'm writing a couple of articles for the for the Globe and Mail. It's um it's online. It's behind a it's behind a paywall. So subscribe. You're supporting Canadian jur- <clears throat> you're supporting Canadian journalism. So mm-hmm. yeah. And they're car car related, I guess. It's all car related. Yes, what I do. Yep. Okay, and uh, if you're thinking about an electric car and uh, you need, you're going to need a charger at home, of course, or if you're thinking about moving and you're going to move into a condo and I don't know if they got electric power there or not, um, what to do is speak to Kevin Liso at um, founder of energysavings.com. Enersavings.com. Did I put the G in there? Yeah. 
That's Steve's fault. Thankfully, because he's not I'm here. Full of energy. That's why. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes, inner savings. So you can save money. That's the idea. And and charge your EV. Yes, and and don't leave a deposit on a car if you don't think you can <laughs> get it charged <laughs> in. Oh I can't believe somebody did that. Oh, oh, well, you know, we're back to Tesla again. I just don't want to talk about Tesla. Well, you, yeah, but, but you, you weren't too crazy about your pickup truck either. Well, no, the the episodes on the on the channel in a couple of weeks, I think, and I uh, wasn't so thrilled with the F one hundred and fifty Lightning. Yeah, 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 and then the one hundred and fifty was because that's how much it cost, right? It was one hundred nine thousand dollars. Yes. 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 And and that's supposed to be a work truck. Uh, some people use it as a work truck. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> no. Mm-mm. No, no, and you did the math because you're 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 like an Einstein with that. Oh, kind no, of I'm stuff. I'm I'm not. I'm the opposite of Einstein. And you said it would take eight years to pay it off. I I did some rough math in my head, and I, I figured it's probably eight year ROI um, to get your money back purchasing the Lightning over a gasoline powered F one fifty. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. And and amazing. And in your basic one fifty now, what engine is the iced version? Uh, the uh, it's a V six turbo. They call it the EcoBoost, and it gets. Good mileage, it gets I guess. Great mileage, yeah. There you go, mm-hmm. Carlos. Thanks for keeping the wheels on our electric and gas-powered cars today. Um, you're the best. And uh, Christina, thanks for joining us again. Oh, thanks for inviting me. Wonderful time. As Brian, always. the weather's gorgeous. You can do some car testing today. I- I'm doing some car testing today. Excellent. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. Thanks for listening, everybody. Drive safe and tune in next week. We'll be back. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.